Welcome, everybody, to the Longhorn Republic, your source for Texas Longhorn news, sports, and opinions with a bit of snark built in. We are a podcast of Burn Orange Nation. You could find more great Texas Longhorn content over at burnorangenation.com. If you like what we do, please leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Helps get the show out there. Share this with your friends. Maybe you found out whether it was Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, anywhere where you find fine podcast content, you could find Kyle and myself connect with us on social media at longhorn pod facebook and instagram the longhorn republic or shoot us an email longhorn republic pod at gmail.com my name is gerald goodrich i'm your host this week like i am every week and i'm joined by the podcast dr seuss kyle carpenter kyle how are you uh my my eggs are are green and my ham uh hambo is blue i don't know where where, where are we going with that one i i, I appreciate uh, being called the doctor but uh, I, I, you know, I think I'm more like a doctor of funk uh, than than a Dr. Seuss. What, what do you got for me, Joe? Pusha T called himself the Dr. Seuss of a certain uh, substance, so we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> if you know, you know. A legend, a legend in his own time. If you're gonna do one thing well, do it very well. And my man Pusha does for two decades. Yeah, my man Pusha does one <laughs> thing, and boy, does he do it well. Thirty six minutes was was not the uh, the longest album, but it just means you can listen to it on repeat. Anyways, get more streams in a day. <laughs> That's why, that's why shorter movies are better for movie companies. We're not here to talk about hip-hop albums, even though Kyle and I would love to do that. We might, I mean, is there another podcast that's just two dudes talking about hip-hop? I'm sure there isn't one out there. We'd be the first, I'm sure. Uh, maybe two dudes with beards. We might be the first one. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's our market. Um, that, I think yeah. so. Def, definitely. Uh, there's there's probably a, a gap in the market, dudes, talking about hip-hop podcasts. Though we're <laughs> here to talk a little bit of a Thursday off-topic stuff. Obviously, we started off-topic. We'll continue to be off-topic. Uh, we've been teasing this for a while, but we have um, we, we're going back to the well and doing one of our favorite goofy questions. We asked people uh, in our uh, kind of rapid-fire section during one of our season preview summers, if you had to pick one player, past or present, on your football team to be a professional wrestler, who would be and why? So Kyle and I never got the opportunity to answer that. So we will do that today. Giving you some choices for Texas players. We'll obviously have some BOL, some big basketball transfer news, and some not transfer news happening on the 40 acres. Then we'll close it out with some Godzillatron, because this is basically just an entertainment show from top to bottom, and it feels good to me. One of the things that we did or do every year is our like summer preview series going through the 12 Texas opponents. We have experts come on to talk about it. Uh, so that'll be firing up here in the next few weeks, but to bridge the gap, we, we do something during those, you know, we come up with a new name for it each year, shooting from the hip. Kyle had hooked them around. I think was one that Kyle came up with, um, <laughs> that I still will, will land based him for this day. But in that segment, one of the, I think the, the fan favorites and our favorite questions that we asked was, if there was a player on the team, past or present, that would be a professional wrestler, who would it be and why? And this seemed like the right week because the Moody Center is opening up and they're going to do probably wrestling events at the Moody Center. There are a lot of wrestling connections to the University of Texas. I mean, we talked about Mark Henry being a big fan, The Undertaker, massive Texas fan. I think he still lives in the Austin area or, or close enough to drive his motorcycle to campus every now and again. <laughs> uh, you all know Steve Mongo McMichael, Texas player, was a wrestler for a little bit. Um, and then you've got 
the OG Dusty Rhodes was actually born in Austin, Texas. Like, there's a lot of wrestling connections with it. Now, now Kyle and I don't currently watch wrestling, really, uh, but we both grew up watching it. And so it felt like the right time to uh, do this. And so we wanted to take a moment and answer the question that everybody had been asking us, today, clamoring for us to answer, is what Texas players would we like to see or would be the best professional wrestler so kyle with all of that lead up and nonsense who's your first pick uh, so gerald is there any more um parameters you want to put on this do you want to say a time frame of when they're from does it need to be current roster does it need to be the past 10 years what's your uh, what's your heart telling you I, I think we just go free form kyle i think let's just go okay where okay all right then with my first round pick uh i'm going with a man who i wish Honestly, his senior season, he would have uh, just gone out and and maybe wrestled. I, I'm kidding, of course not. I, I he, he he tried. <laughs> um, Brecken Hager is my number one easy. pick for for Longhorn, and yeah, it does feel too easy, right? He had the look, he had the hair. I mean, he's six three two fifty five. He's was muscular. He was chiseled. You know, he had the build, the physique. Uh, he was quotable. He was ridiculous. He he. I, I like I, I I oscillate constantly on this conversation, and I and I have had this conversation. And Brecken Hager's been my answer. If he would have been the um, the like a heel or a face, basically the good guy or a bad guy, because I think he could have done either. I almost feel like he would have been a better heel because that's what he was to other teams' fans. Ask uh, Oklahoma State fans if they get fired up at all about Brecken Hager. Um, there's reasons, but, um, you know, the guy was a philosophy major from Westlake. Like, he just, he's interesting. He's an interesting cat. He, uh, you know, again, wasn't cutting his hair until they won the Big 12 championship, so I imagine he must have a 12-foot of hair by now. But, um uh, you know, he, he was, he was a wild, interesting dude who, you know, was explosive. Like I, I think was never athleticism was never the problem for him. Never was motor. So, you know, I could see Brecken Hager cutting a, a wild promo shoot, wearing a bandana with his long hair and ponytails, you know, jeering at the crowd and then having a, you know, obviously a spear tackle, uh, would be one of his signature moves, but I could see him being a big man who got off the top ropes. You know, I, 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 it's in his it's in his blood when you're Britt Hager's son that you're gonna be good at whatever you do. You know, at least at least good. Um, Bryce played at Baylor. I think Bravin played at Blinn, and Braun played at North Texas. So all his kids at least played football. So a Hager is gonna play football. But I mean, it just this is where Brecken I think shines on his own. Just you know, a pair of a pair of sunglasses, a, a, a bandana around the head, and some long flowing hair with a with a chiseled athlete's body. I think I think it's a natural. Oh wow! I mean that that's the answer that I think everybody was here for, right? Like you could see him with that hair tied up in a bandana, some st- some like aviators on, going with the long long leggings, maybe boots, going for like a Texasy look. So my answer is probably a, a deep cut, you know, not the super deep cut, but a deepish cut. Uh, but I think if you know, you know, Texas All American linebacker Peter Jenkins. Ooh. If you don't know who Peter Jenkins is, Peter Jenkins graduated 2015, was a four year player, I think a two year starter for Texas, uh, all conference as a senior. But Peter Jenkins is also famous for being the pregame hype man for Texas and, and getting everybody hyped up. And like that dude could definitely cut a promo. If you ever heard an interview with Peter Jenkins, that dude could cut a promo. And like, there's the video of him, like part of his pregame hype was two, 
two claps and a Ric Flair. Like that was two claps. He would do Flair. it. And like I again, he was a solid athlete. Was a star in the 2015 team that like Char- when Charlie Strong, the highlight of probably his tenure, they beat OU after losing to TCU by like 40 points. He was one of the defensive standouts in that game where Texas somehow beat a really good OU team that year. Like so, there's a lot to cheer for. Like he could definitely be like a guy that the crowd can get behind, and he could cut a good promo. The crowd would chant with him when he does his little catchphrase like i really think he would have a future in in some sort of wrestling context i really like that i like that let's keep it going because i have i have a really good okay pick, uh from for my next one i think again going back a little but i hope he's at the front of everyone's uh everyone's mind he's already got a built-in nickname that was a question we occasionally asked some people the wild man from van dalton santos um Ooh. like he was a fan favorite. They like if you think back to that that team in the in the early I guess early two thousands ish or twenty tens ish when he was there came in as a freshman and was they called that kickoff unit the Wild Bunch and he was for sure the wildest of it. He was a a uh, menace on that kick return. He had just every time he hit someone when he was when that was his job just to run fast and launch yourself at people like they would be you know shattering stadium sound everyone ooh and ah just had big big hits he was uh 260 ran a four five in the 40 like a, actually a perfect player like he could have he should have carved out a career as a uh who is that not zach thomas the other dolphins linebacker Izzo um from back in the day that just was always like a pro bowler for playing special teams like i feel like santos could have been that um it, it the the do you remember all the way back? I think it was his, I think it was his freshman year um, when he was playing New Mexico and the sideline. They caught the guy saying "Oh no!" before Santos hit him. Do you remember that? <laughs> yes. 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 Uh, so I mean, like, I, I I just remember I remember the way other players used to talk about him on that team um, and like how everyone like on the team used words like wild, nuts, crazy, mean angry like he was just he had all the words you look for he didn't turn out to be like the type of linebacker who really could you know translate that into 120 tackles like some of those just like we kind of assumed that that's exactly what he would be but he had a good career um you know had some tough personal stuff off the field but just you know was was a fan favorite um and always was a favorite of mine so just that that mentality of just like the crazy dude um i feel like I don't know exactly what kind of promos he cut, but you can you can you can translate crazy uh, pretty well on the state on the on the squared circle. I mean, Dalton Santos was a, was a guy who I think was a couple injuries away from from being a, could have been a solid linebacker for Texas, but I think injuries hurt him. So a contemporary, and honestly, the one that I thought you were going to take, fighting out of Angleton, Texas. <laughs> Quandre Diggs, Quandre the Giant. Like, can you like that the, again? Built-in nickname. Right. Yeah. He would be one of the guys who's doing flying stuff off the top ropes. Like he always was a guy who played bigger than he was. Again, that's why here in the nickname Quandra the Giant, he's listed in the Texas. He's somehow shrunk between Texas and the NFL because I think he's listed at five nine question mark in most NFL rosters. He's five ten at Texas, so he somehow lost an inch in the last ten years. <laughs> um, but. 
He's a guy who, again, got personality. People like him. He, if if you're looking for confidence, uh, confidence just oozing out of every pore of his body. Um, and again, I think he's a guy who fans would would get excited about. He's a guy who you like to listen to. People gravitate toward him. And there's uh, just he's got that thing. Like you, you you see him and you're like, I like that guy. And he's got that thing that I think makes successful entertainers. Well, he also, yeah, he tells a, a heck of a tale. You know, he's a good storyteller. He's a great Twitter follow. He's He seems to have inside jokes with every teammate he's ever uh, yeah. been on. So I, I love that pick. I think that's a good one. Um, but I, I'm kind of curious that you just left. If Jimmy Hart was the mouth of the South, you just left the beast of the East, the, uh, the, the talker from East of Walker. I don't know if Walker actually is a place. It sounds like it would be <laughs> in East Texas, but I'm, I'm missing my line. I didn't have this prepared for my transition, but you set me up so nicely. If you want truly contemporary, the way you would answer this question today, I think the answer is congratulations, new father-to-be of a baby boy, again, with, with an arm uh, bandit moniker built in, hailing from the Pines of East Texas, uh, I think you're, you're talking about DeMarvian Overshone, D.O. You know, just think about if you didn't have to wear pads, how many armbands you could really get in if you focused. Just, you know, take everything else, strip down to a Speedo or some long pants, and just go armbands everywhere else. I mean, it really, it builds itself. He's He has in an utterly impeccable fashion sense. Like, the when he goes cowboy hats, western shirt, and boots, I'm like, this guy, like killing it uh so yeah. he's he 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 is charismatic he if you follow his tiktok he's hilarious he he makes incredible uh funny timely tiktoks um he's you know he he would be he's a great interview and soundbite guy even now but would be a great interview and obviously a guy who was recruited as a safety and is beefed up to play linebacker is just kind of in that peak exact physical specimen you're looking for can can move fast uh hit hard you know hold up and 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 jump uh, as well, so he's got all the tools. Uh, I, I, you know, I think the steal of the draft, getting him in the third round here, is uh, is the Marvin Overshow. I don't know if we're doing this draft style or taking Do first, like, but I, like, I have this image where you put tassels on the armband and he comes out like the super like Ooh. ultimate warrior. Like you, we add tassels <laughs> to the armbands and like I, you could see him coming out of the tunnel where like. There was an outfit he he wore to one of the games that was a, a ten gallon hat, a duster, and like just these boots that were out of my wildest dreams. Like imagine that with some wrestling tights on, like that coming out, and then he takes off the duster and he's got the armbands with the tassels on them, and they're whatever vibrant colors you want. Like that is absolutely uh, the right answer for the current team. And and again, I didn't know if you were doing this draft style. So do I need to pick another one, or can we just agree that Demarvin and Overshone is the current team's uh, money in the bank winner? But I don't know what how wrestling works nowadays the unified champion all i know is i've been trying to workshop it while you were saying those last few sentences exactly what his nickname would be for the ultimate warrior re- reboot and i think it's the Ar- ultimate uh warrior <laughs> um the man from from arp texas but no yeah i think i think you're absolutely right did, did you have any honorable mentions because i have a few uh marquise goodwin would be another guy that i think just because he already has Ooh. uh the nickname of the flash like I think that like he's just a, a top tier athlete. He's a leaper. He's a runner. Like he's got the nickname built in. I'll say this: someone who's that fast who actually won Olympic gold medals. No shade at Kurt Angle who did it in wrestling, but like 
I don't know that you should risk your subjecting your <laughs> body true. to the, to that. Like your your upside is alternate reality, is, Kyle. Alternate is, reality is is too great, legitimately. Um, but, but yes, Marquise Goodwin. Like I, if I were him, I would just sprint around the ring and have someone try to catch me <laughs> before I Ray Mysterio six one nine someone when I when I swung back through with a kick through the ropes while they were chasing me. That would be a hilarious gambit. Um, but no, he's too precious. Okay. Uh, any others? You can list yours off, and then I'll list mine. I think that was that was the last one I had in the tank. Okay, okay. If he has the size, he's a big man. The belly rubs went viral. Ooh. Uh, Chris Nelson, you know, knew how to seize the moment and be gifable. So I think I think he could be a good one. I mean, Patrick Vahe just just looks the part. Like I, I think you know, just the big and obviously Samoans. If they don't play in the NFL, I think they they wrestle. I think like. 73% of all Samoans do one or both of those things. Um, I'm kidding. But uh, so Vahe is up there. Um, Anthony Wheeler's a guy who's cut like a wrestler. That guy looks oh, like an action goodness. figure. Um, that's, that is not a bad one. I love Deshaun Elliott's like personality on social media and the way he plays on the field. I just think he's like a good bad guy. Um, mm-hmm. He play, plays for the Ravens, so maybe I'm biased. Um, this is a conversation that I've had many times with friend of the podcast Eric Verbit. So uh I had some of these at the ready, but Verbit is screaming some... at the at his phone right now. I, I'm there, I'm sure there's someone he, he actually thinks Sam Ellinger would he's always said that and I just don't Sam's too too clean cut and all American because he'd be he he's looks like he should be a good guy and he looks so perfectly like the good guy that people would end up hating him and he's too nice <laughs> to ever be a bad guy. I don't know. Sam couldn't do it, but that's Verbit always says Sam's the guy. Absolutely. So if you've got any ideas, tweet them at us at Longhorn Pod. We want to hear your thoughts. Give us a, a player. Give us a nickname. Give us a finisher. Even if you want to, we'd love to hear your ideas. Tweet us at Longhorn Pod. We'll be back next week with another one of these uh, off topic shows that are keeping us fun and young. All right, Joe, let's now take a look out of the squared circle, out of the ring. Into the uh, the lenses, Gerald. Let's take a look at the world through some burnt orange lenses. Uh, the the first bit of news, which is good news involving the transfer portal, it is that someone isn't transferring. Gerald Marcus Carr followed teammate Timmy Allen, announcing his return to Texas for next year, basically giving Chris Beard a foundation of. I would argue maybe his three best players towards the end of last season to return. Uh, Andrew Jones probably and, and Ramey had, had their games and belong in that conversation as well. But uh, the guys who really kind of seem to, to give Texas the push, you have uh, Bishop, you have Allen, and now you have Marcus Carl coming back to build on that foundation for next year. And as I mentioned, towards the end of the year, Marcus Carr really showed flashes, I think, uh, of what he could be if you think back a couple weeks uh, to uh, the two tournament NCAA tournament games. Carr averaged 19 points per game, hitting 7 of 13 from deep, 54%, 16 assists to just three turnovers. Basically, what we thought we would be getting all year from him. So the fact that he's coming back, the fact that we know there's some other ball handlers and people who can penetrate and break down defenses and he won't have to do that all himself. Um, I, it'll be really interesting. I'm actually more excited about where he fits into our offense next year than maybe I was in mid-February when, you know, there were some good games and there were some struggles. I mean, we've we've said it before multiple times as we talked about, like, his potential return, but Texas fans expected a different Marcus Carr, and understandably, because he was kind of a different guy uh, in in at his last stop. And so 
But part of that was because he was playing out of position at Texas. He's not necessarily your trigger man point guard. And so bringing people in that can play that position and let him be the scorer gives Texas another person that can attack the basket or create an open shot uh, and not have to facilitate the offense because you lose some of his athleticism and some of his ability when he's having to play that role. So it's not necessarily his strongest role. So I'm glad to see him come back and really play more um, in his more in his natural position because like dude scored 1700 points in his career he's a scorer and he can be a scorer and and 19 points per game is a good average for him absolutely but i think he can do better like and and that sounds seems weird to say but like i i think there is a world in which he doesn't have to be both the scorer and the facilitator and texas is better for it if he's hitting his three point at that rate, obviously, fifty-four percent is not necessarily super sustainable, um, and including half-court heaves if he hits all of those too. But if he's hitting his three at say a thirty-seven, thirty-eight, thirty-nine percent clip, if he's you know can can be have his feet set, have someone like Rotario Morris who can who can break down uh, a defense, pull a defender, and give him an open look, and he's hitting forty percent of his threes, then. He's he's a, a, a batch score. He's a, he's a I get hot and I score. So then all of a sudden it probably opens up his his drives to the basket even more. Like he when he feels it, he he has another level. So I really like the idea of him being able to get some open looks because this year it felt like he took a lot of tough shots and had to kind of create a lot uh, for himself. And so I, I agree with you. But I mean just. To say that he can still facilitate and to have as a second ball handler is great because he is one of four players actively in NCAA Division One basketball to have 1,700 points, 500 assists, and 400 rebounds. So he's a scorer first, but he can facilitate. But again, you like that as a luxury, not a necessity. All right, Gerald, let's keep it to uh, basketball, but move it to the other side. Women's basketball coming off of their, their elite eight run uh, looked incredible last season and looked like they had more in the tank even but they've had some shakeup. we've already talked about some players leaving and, and some coaches leaving to take head coaching jobs so they will be announcing and filling up the staff as well as the roster with some new faces and the first of those is sydney carter was announced as their director of player development and she has a history with vic schaefer uh and also again if you think about like howard joffe with the with the tennis team anytime you get a a uh, notable aggie and bring them over vic schaefer and they come have success at UT. It's doubly, it's double success uh, because not only is it good for UT, but it just it burns the Aggies so bad they just they 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 cannot see it. Uh, it, it hurts their soul. Um, but she played under Vic on the the 2011 national championship Aggie team. Was a three time captain for them. Uh, captain on the national championship team. Basically went and played professional and came back, came home and, and coached. Started a career under. Uh, now retired, but but Aggie great and and mentor to Vic Schaefer, Gary Blair in College Station. I'm never going to be mad when Texas steals a coach from Texas A&M, especially somebody uh, like Sidney Carter, who has a national championship pedigree. She's a high level competitor. She's a high character person. She's the kind of person that like you really want to be on your team and helping um, guide and mold and shape the culture and mind and goal to shape the minds of the people on the team. And again, she's got a lot of familiarity with coach Schaefer and kind of the coach, the Vic Schaefer tree and, and, Texas has the opportunity to, again, continue to mold itself and shape itself into a national power in women's basketball. And I think Cindy Carter is the type of person you want on your on your bench to help you do that. 
And she'll be in the director of player development. Last year, she served as player development coach and the assistant recruiting coordinator. So I'm sure she'll be helping on the recruiting trail as well, which, you know, Vic with, with Coach Lovato and now her is, is always going to have recruiters on his staff. That's just never, you're gonna, not going to have a Vic Schaefer team without it. But she's legitimately seen as one of the rising stars uh, in the sport. And when, when Vic in, was uh, talked about in a press conference, he mentioned um, that she basically is going to shape players both on the court and also off. And she's someone who, you know, when, when Coach Phillips left, it's like, man, who's going to have the best fits on the sideline? And she was always viral for her game day outfits and, and then, you know, showed a lot of just courage in the sometimes backlash and criticism that comes to any person, but a woman, a woman of color wearing an outfit and being audacious enough to post it online. Um, it, by the way, just just if, if you're a male listening to Leave this. Leave people alone. Yeah, be nice to women, especially online. They have a tough time, man. It's tough to be a man online, but it's real tough to be a woman online. But anyways, just her grace and courage under duress or fire or whatever, uh, I think was what Vic was alluding to. But you, just, you, you like having a ton of people around your program at every level who, you know, can do it on and off the court. Absolutely. So also they had uh, they had a couple of players who will be joining uh, on the 40 acres. First is a uh, immediate uh, addition to the team, Oregon State transfer Taylor Jones. Um, she she has she's from Texas originally, so it's a homecoming of sorts for her. Um, she has the the kind of one of the two tools that I think Vic was looking for this offseason. Wanted some more size, um, as you saw some you know uh, of the of the the post players uh, with Ebo leaving um, and you saw when you go up against the Giants of Stanford just just where you could be exposed she's six four she'll immediately come in and be the the second tallest player on the roster Femisuti is six five um, she has two years of eligibility left was injured for most of last season but she she was an all pac 12 player she's a, a defensive juggernaut she can do you know all the things you want a big to do um, I, I think it's going to be a really good fit uh, into this team like you said, Vic Schaefer was looking for athletic size. I think he was a little frustrated with Lauren Ebo, and, and um, she was an incredible player and led the team in, in rebounds and rebounds per game. But I think uh, her inability to, to run the floor as quickly or as agilely as he hoped, uh, and getting a player in like Taylor Jones, who, like you said, all-conference defender, she's an absolute um, baller. I think she's got two, two years of eligibility left, uh, I think, uh, coming over from, from Oregon State. And so this is a team that was led by underclassmen last year, for, for better or for worse. And so getting some players, some elder players with experience to go along with the talented Rory Harmons of the world or the talented Aaliyah Moores of the world uh, – it's good to have that senior leadership that can also play on the floor and, and get you good, solid defensive minutes. Yeah, really, really compliments Aaliyah Moore very well. I think she'll play the five next to Moore at the four. She led the Pac-12 in blocks. She you know, can scope up, scoop up rebounds, doesn't need the ball all the time to still get her points. She can get second-chance points. Just, I think really, in my opinion, quite likely the best big in the portal this year. Texas just nabbed. So uh, Vic does it again. And then a, a player who I think is just woefully underrated. If you're from Central Texas, you've heard of her, no doubt. Uh, currently the ESPN number 45 uh, rated player in the country, but I think she could easily, easily be a top 10 player by the time she steps foot on campus. I'm talking about 
the the newest addition to the 2023 class, four-star guard Gisela Mall, uh, G Mall, G Money, uh, as she goes by, a two-time state champion uh, at Cedar Park, just down the road. She said Texas was her dream school. Um, grew up going to Texas camps. She announced uh, on Monday uh, that she would be attending the University of Texas. This is someone who still has a senior year to go and has already written. An entire high school career has done everything you can do, won two state championships, and was MVP of those state championships her sophomore and junior year. I mean, she also is a big sneakerhead, and I think the University of Texas needs more sneakerheads. Uh, once again, I'm saying this to everybody that listens to this podcast. The amount of money I would pay for these custom burnt orange forces <laughs> and, and Jordan 1s that these people have, like, I would, I would not put a kid through college like to have no, I'm joking but uh again big sneakerhead big addition the the class is, is shaping up really nicely and um you know Texas landing you know a big from Flower Mound um and then you've got a big from your backyard at Cedar Park and then you've got Samantha Wagner so size talent Texas again Schaefer is building a monster here and, and I'm not I'm not uh, upset about it Yes, Samantha Wagner is is a five star. She's probably the challenge. The two best players, I think. I mean, they are the two best ranked players in the state of Texas, and and I think they could both end up inside the top fifteen by the time they step foot on campus. But yeah, when you said big, don't forget Abby uh, Boutillier is, is six foot nine, Gerald from Flower Mound, and and technically still growing. She was six six last year, so she's grown three three inches from her sophomore to junior season. So one more year, six nine, Gerald. Whew. Kyle, I went from 5'6 to 5'9 uh, and, and got stuck there, so I'm very, very jealous. <laughs> it's it's all good, Gerald. Um, you, you you may get blocked by either uh, either of our, our recent bigs, the woman from Oregon. No may about it. No may about it. They will send that right into, back into my face. <laughs> or the one from Flower Mountain. All right, Gerald, what are you watching on your giant screen? Let's talk a little Godzilla Tron. Didn't do a ton of like new stuff. My wife and I stayed current on on top chef and like i'm doing like a i'm currently doing a scrubs rewatch because i just needed that like sweatpants show in my life because you know you just want some comfort to slide into it started a new audio book the house on the cerule in the cerulean sea it's like a fantasy ish book my wife recommended it pretty good so far uh but the big thing finally somehow dodged all of the spoilers between like the theatrical release and the home release but i finally got to see the batman uh and i was very very pleased with it there was probably like you know the issue with the batman is that they could have cut like 30 minutes from the movie and probably a whole character from the movie but if they cut the character that would make the most sense they would have zero women in substantive roles in that movie and so i get like that's that's and that's the issue with comic book movies in and of themselves and, and like i get what zoe kravitz and catwoman were were doing and what they were for in that movie but you could have streamlined it a, 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 a little bit but again that's the problem with not having you know substantive women female roles and representation in a lot of these movies but i loved it i thought it was great i've controversially said already that i think robert pattinson is the best batman i still think christian bale Ooh. is the best bruce christian bale is the best bruce wayne they're two very different characters mm. robert pattinson at least is my preferred batman at least live action batman enjoyed what he did and i think matt reeves very much gets Batman and said the thing that a lot of us want to say is like Batman conceptually is not like a good person or a good character because like as a billionaire, you can do way more good by like, 
creating scholarship funds and funding education and funding social services than you can by beating up people with mental health problems in the streets. So like that's kind of like the central point of the movie is like, is Batman good for what we're trying to do in the world? So it was an interesting movie. I really enjoyed it. I like kind of the deconstruction of that character because we've seen a lot of Batman now since, you know, Batman 87, you know. Oh, what, 30 years ago now, which, wow, we are very, oh, no, longer than that. Um, very long time ago, but anywho, enjoyed it, thought it was great. Uh, it's three hours, so if you want to watch it, carve out some time. Very good. Good to know. I, I personally feel as I have not seen enough billionaires portrayed as superheroes in, in uh, cable news, <laughs> so I needed it. My, no, I'm kidding. Um, no, uh, Gerald, I actually, so you mentioned Top Chef. I have stayed current i am loving the season obviously in houston and, and i've had some cool opportunities to eat top chef food uh so i've done top chef on tv and also irl uh shouts to chef joe out of austin and chef evelyn the two texas chefs on the show teaming up uh for a little pop-up that was an eight minute walk from my house so i got to walk over uh eat their food talk to them it was very cool obviously i don't ask who the spoilers are um but uh, mm-hmm. I, chef evelyn is so awesome like even if she didn't do great on the show i would think she's amazing because uh i've had her food before but also she was at another pop-up and made pupusas and it's just like all of her food is amazing. If you're in Houston, check out Chef Evelyn and, and Kin, uh, which is her and another chef's kind of um, food arm. They, they, they don't have a, a brick and mortar. They're doing pop-ups and they do um, events and things, uh, markets, most like farmer's markets. They're usually there. They're, they, they work their tails off. Um, chef Joe was great as well. But again, if you're in Houston, check out Chef Evelyn there. But um, And check out Top Chef. If you don't know who Chef Evelyn is, check out. It's good good season. Uh, you can play the guessing game of where are they in Houston? Where? <laughs> that um but i did watch a narrative show i've been i've been diving deep into a show that i've kind of put off meant to watch always knew i was going to watch but put off i wanted to check real quick joe before i get too deep can't remember you're not a breaking bad guy right i'm not that's right that's right okay so this is effectively the continuation of breaking bad it's like if that joey spinoff from friends was like really well written and <laughs> good budgeted well and shot well and made really good and if you enjoyed the world then you will enjoy this kind of subversion of it this little pocket of a character it's uh, both a prequel and a technically a sequel because they flash forward and back a bit i'm only through uh almost the second season of better call saul so it's bob odenkirk who is a legend um incredible just his comedy and his drama like he's pretty good i think he recently had an action movie um come out he recently had a health scare right so the the fifth season i can't wait to see because it's like wow this guy literally was near death um with uh, some heart issues like as they were getting ready to shoot the final bit of it but anyways um it's ending irl it's in the 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 second half of the fifth season if you will the, the final season um i'm still back in season two so i can't make all the grand sweeping judgments but i will say if you loved breaking bad you will love this world that you're taken back into my favorite Ooh, that's tough to say. One of my favorite characters, maybe my favorite character from Breaking Bad was Mike Ehrmantraut, um, who's kind of like the the non-biased, like, uh, not the audience's, you know, POV, but he almost is the conscience without really saying it. He just, he kind of is always right and always good and, and kind of makes things happen and, and is such a compelling character in in the first show and then he plays just steals the the entire screen when he's on it in better call saul i obviously like i said love the character of of saul um and it's his backstory of how he gets there it's a lot of legal procedural 
Um, so it's an interesting, if you're a lawyer, I bet you love the heck out of this show. Some of that can be a little dry, a little mundane. Um, but there's a lot of doc review, a lot more than I thought would be in a good show, but it's just so well made and shot and it's low stakes, but like still interesting. And, and, you know, they dip into the drug world and you see how he becomes kind of this drug world, underbelly, underworld lawyer, um, when he starts not that way. And so it's interesting. Um, it's, it's an interesting watch and I think I'm going to really enjoy the the second half of the show as I finish the second season and then head into the uh three four and five times two so loving it so far um my, my wife has been out of town so it's been a good chance just to binge just to have it on whenever I'm doing anything um if I'm doing chores if I'm cooking if I'm doing something it's it's been on and and there are times I just sit down and am completely absorbed doing nothing because uh, it's a good enough show to go either way Breaking Bad is like the the one that everybody's shocked to know I don't like. There were a couple things that turned me off about Breaking Bad. I struggled with like cheering for an objectively horrible person. Like that's just what the show is. It kind of forces you to examine like why am I cheering for this person? And I didn't like the the answers that I had and I also didn't like people's reactions to his wife. Uh, the the online reaction to Skyler sure. kind of turned me off to uh, Breaking Bad and the fandom, but it's it's an incredible show and, and it got all it, all the accolades that it got were deserved, but it just wasn't necessarily for me. Uh, and guys, we need to have that conversation. Just because something's not for you doesn't mean it's bad. I'm not <laughs> saying Breaking Bad is bad. I'm saying it wasn't for me, and that's oh. Okay. I, I, while I respect your opinion, you're wrong because it's not my opinion. So you're you're absolutely <laughs> wrong. That's that's how the internet works. You've been rebutted. Now we can close. <laughs> and that's all we've got for you this week, Kyle. Where can the good folks find you on the internet? Oh, you can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Carpenter. You can also follow follow the Texas Pregamer at Texas Pregamer. You can follow me on Twitter. I am at GH Goodrich. Follow show on Twitter at Longhorn Pod. Facebook and Instagram the Longhorn Republic. Or shoot us an email Longhorn Republic Pod at Gmail. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. And until next time, hook them. Hook them. Keep wrestling. <laughs>